Hey guys, welcome back to the channel. It's Denise Salcedo here, and I am super stoked to be bringing to you another interview. And this time, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Impact Wrestling's very own dashing Chris Bay. Hey, Chris. It's me, it's me, it's me. I'm here. I'm here. You finally made it. I'd like to thank uh, my mom, first of all, the Academy. Then we'll go to Denise. You know? Exactly. You know, I, sh I should do like a plaque, like a screenshot and send you a plaque over. There you go. It'll go right on my wall. Exactly. And I'm super excited that you're using your MacBook Air for this interview. We're starting it off. You know, I'm, I'm getting it going. Yeah, yeah. This is the first one. This is the, I was just turning my camera on for you for the first time. So like, this is just like all new to me. Yeah, and it's a really good system, really good camera, so you'll have a great time uh, using it and whatnot. So, Chris, man, I cannot... Okay, so we met at Suburban Fight, right? And, um, I mean, like, one second I get to know you, and then the next, your career has just skyrocketed, and you're everywhere, and I'm thinking, oh, man, like, he's really killing it. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess I'm doing all right. I mean... I think, and, and not to be the guy to correct you, but I think we met first at Hollywood many years ago. Did we really? You were at Hollywood, yes? Yeah, I was at Hollywood. Were, when, around the time when I first started coming around trying to get spots there, you were just leaving. So that oh. was like, the same time, yeah. That's so coming, crazy. Yeah, I do remember like briefly meeting you there, but we never really had any conversations, but like we actually started having conversations with Suburban Fight and other stuff. Oh, then you know what? Then it was meant to be because it's just like funny because like you meet people like in one company and that was like when I was starting to work with more people. So I was starting to meet more people like different places. So it's kind of cool that like I was exiting and you were like entering and then we ended up coming back and then like meeting of all places at like re-meeting at Suburban Fight. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best way that it always happens. I love wrestling for that reason. We just like can meet people and then all go different parts of the world when quarantine isn't happening we can all go different parts of the world and then just meet each other again on the opposite side and then do it all over again sweet exactly and speaking of quarantine um how are you doing like what are you how are you spending your time uh so we're not as strict as a lot of places are where are you uh, based in las vegas oh okay that's right i don't know why i thought for, i always forget that you that you're based in las vegas for a second i thought you were in l.a yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I do a lot of my work in LA, so that's where that all comes from. But uh, I'm based out of Las Vegas. It's not as strict here, so we still have a lot of freedom to go places. I still don't want to go places because I'm trying to practice this social distancing and quarantine as best as possible. But for my own sanity, I have been getting out doing hikes more often. Um, just did one maybe like two days ago. I did one a couple weeks ago, and I'm planning one for this coming Friday. So I'm just trying to, you know, like get some fresh air and stuff like that. But other than that, it's just been a lot of at-home workouts, a lot of uh, coming up with new designs, a lot of writing music, like just everything that I don't need to to leave the house for. And this is the first time since I started training, since I started wrestling, that I've been in the house for this much time. So it's everything's just different. It's just different. And I'm glad that you say that you're using this time to, you know, you're still like working out, obviously, and you're working on music. You're using this time instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to watch Lay Down and watch TV all day long. Like, no, you're using this time to benefit the future you. Right. We got to. I think the, the interesting part about this whole thing, uh, as far as the performer's aspect will go and a creator's aspect will go, like, 
when this is all said and done and the world hopefully can get back to something we can call close to normal, um, a lot of people's creativity who will really will literally shine through this. The same as people's performances with wrestling without an audience stand over other performances because now people get to test that other level of creativity and open up that other box and show people what, what else they can do. So this is like a time for creative people to really come out and just flourish out of this because it's hard to just, uh, I don't know how it's gonna be for a lot of people who don't do much and then they're just gonna bounce back. Like, I don't know how there's gonna be a bounce back rather than we were doing this and now we all got off course and when we get back on course, it's a whole new car we're driving and people are like, oh wow, like, you know, like, that's the that's kind of the way I look at it for from a creative standpoint because I wanna still be doing new stuff. Like, I cut my hair a little bit, maybe a little <laughs> you know, I try to always switch it up. So it's stuff like that where it's just like, and I think from that creator standpoint, just it's going to be a lot of new art that's out in the world. I'm excited. That's really good. And like one of the things that you have to stay is positive. You got to really take care of your like mental state during something like this. And I think you're doing just that. So that's awesome. But now before we get into the big part of your career right now, I kind of want to go back a little bit and talk a little bit about your early career. So how did you get involved with wrestling? How did you get started? Okay, okay. Uh, gotcha. How did I get started? So um, I won this raffle. Just kidding. No, I was like, wait, what? Raffle. Where is this going? <laughs> I, was <laughs> I was like, you won a take raffle? It a lot further. I was going to go like all the way, but I would have probably broke somewhere in between there. But um, So I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. Like it, this was just always my dream to wrestle and entertain since I first saw wrestling when I was three and probably around the age of like seven or eight was when I really realized that it was what I wanted to do with my life. And um, I picked up other stuff along the way, like skateboarding and YouTube. I started YouTubing when I was probably, I think I was 12 when I started YouTubing wow. and started the channel. So I was like, and I was posting content about wrestling reviews and um, building uh, wrestling friendships and networking on the internet back then. This was 2008 and 2009. Like, that's like the gold time to be on YouTube or what? You know, like, yeah, a hundred percent. And um, I'd like to say that we were at the forefront of a lot of the uh, wrestling content when it came to replica belts and stuff of that nature that were being uploaded. Me and uh, a, a small handful of guys who I still contact, keep, keep in contact with these guys to this day and they're all over. So shout out to all those guys. But um, it was always just wanting to be a wrestler. And then when I was 20, I, I always told myself when I was, 18 and I graduated I was gonna to go to college and then eventually train to wrestle but I knew when I was 17 and we're getting closer to graduating that college wasn't gonna be for me because I didn't have a real um, passion that I wanted to learn through college through school and I know uh, we, we weren't gonna have the money to afford that type of luxury so it wasn't gonna be in my best interest so instead I started already looking at school. So I was probably like 17 in computer graphics class, like emailing Ring of Honor and emailing like all these places. You to went straight to the top. Because <laughs> to you know, I, I didn't know no better. So yeah, then, of course. Yeah, come back when you're this age or come back when you're that age. And um, I graduated and I kind of had a rough start out of, out of uh, high school, just getting, getting my feet solid and planted. But I ended up getting a job at this barbecue restaurant in Rocklands. If you're ever in the DMV area, they have four locations, Rocklands Barbecue. Really, really good stuff. Sounds good. <laughs> if, if anybody likes barbecue. Uh, I 
but I knew I, I needed to wrestle. So I would tell people at the job about it. I was at that time, I was taking workouts more seriously and I was starting to build muscle because naturally I was a skinny kid. That's why I still have like a slimmer frame. But naturally, like when I started working out, it was probably like 110 pounds. So it was a lot of just like, you're like, this is bulky for me. I, it was, it was the hardest bulk, you know, and I just knew when I watched wrestling that everybody was bigger. So I had to be bigger. Um, and then when I was 20, uh, my dad passed away, which was super rough on me uh, in a lot of different ways. But selfishly, one of the first things I thought to myself after it happened was that he was never going to see me pursue my goal of wrestling, which was kind of our relationship uh, my entire life to that point, um, which was just me fantasizing on wrestling and asking him about this wrestling and asking him for tickets to go to this event. And he took me to all the events growing up. So for me, when that happened, I was just like, man, these last two years, because the last two years from 18 to 20, I didn't talk to him too much, but it was mainly my own pride where I just felt like he was going to be ashamed of me because I wasn't pursuing the only thing I talked about all my life, which is to my own fault, of course, thinking that that was what, how his perception would have been, but I knew he was proud of me and what I was doing. It's just, it was my own pride, you know, and uh, after I lost him, I remember the weekend of his funeral uh, was WrestleMania 32. And I had never watched really wrestling with someone who likes wrestling the way I do. So one of my close friends who makes wrestling belts, who made uh, almost half of the championships I've won now in wrestling, uh, and that was through me connecting him with these companies. Uh, but at the time, he was making belts for WWE and NXT and uh, a couple other people. But me and him were close friends. So for that, for the funeral uh, in WrestleMania weekend, as soon as my dad, as soon as we buried him. I got on a flight and went to Connecticut to hang out with my friend that weekend and watch wrestling and just escape. So here we are, like, watching NXT TakeOver and watching Hall of Fame and then opening match, WrestleMania 32, the ladder match. Zack Ryder wins and his dad gets in the ring and him and his dad are sharing this moment. And I just remember that moment ate me alive. And I remember, like, thinking and just surveying everything and just being like, it's got to happen now. Like, I have to figure this out now before it's too late and my mom doesn't get a chance to see it, you know? So, um, I had just came from Vegas for my 20th birthday and I, I love Vegas. I love the weather. I love, uh, you know, the energy and I realized they have everything. So I figured they probably have wrestling. So I, I Googled and I found FSW future stars of wrestling. And I saw a video of a guy named killer cross. You might've heard of him. I might've heard of him. Might've heard of him. Uh, carrying cross uh, and uh, I remember seeing this promo of him at FSW and I remember thinking yeah I don't know who this guy is but this guy is good like uh, so I called FSW and I talked to the owner Joe DeFalco and he told me you know who all they had down there we got TJP we got Kenny King Sen Bodhi uh, um, um, the list goes on and on and on D'Lo Brown you know just endless people that he just named driving and Matt Hardy at the time was still around there so I was just like oh, well, yeah, I'm sold. And I, I was like, I'll see you in a couple months. And he was just like, okay, you know, here's that all the time. And I think maybe the next week I got paid and um, bought a one-way ticket to Vegas for the summer. And I remember like going to my mom's room and after all the time telling her I was going to move, I was going to move and her not believing me. I remember going in her room and being like, yeah, I'm going to move. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, nah, I, just, I just bought the ticket one way. No insurance on it's like it. Like you're serious now. It's gonna happen, and uh, it was just uh, a whole countdown for me because I grew up in the same town around the, all the same people. So it was just like a big countdown for me to finally leave. And 
Some people didn't know whether I was going to be gone forever. Some people didn't know whether I was going to last two weeks. But I knew for me that this was the beginning of forever and that I was never going to go back. And I knew no matter whether I, I, I failed and I lost every aspect of reality with everything that goes on in real life outside of wrestling, I would never go back because um, I just couldn't. And uh, I had to make this happen. So I moved here in July of 2016. And I started training at Future Stars of Wrestling in August 2016. And I got my first pro match um, in October of 2016. And then shortly, it just kind of like kept speedballing after that. And a couple months later, I was like driving out to Arizona to go to Championship Wrestling from Arizona and then driving out to Port Wainimi for Hollywood. And the rest was just history, as they say. Here we are three and a half years later and uh, talking to you about, yeah. about learning. But that was kind of like how it all happened, how, how my mind state from as a fan to when I knew I wanted to do it to when I was procrastinating on doing it because I was procrastinating that 18 to 20 gap because everybody was telling me I couldn't do it. You know, people were telling me, oh, you'll never, you know, work for WWE. Oh, guy your size, you're going to have this much trouble. Oh, it'll probably take you a year before you get your first match. A guy I knew at the time personally called me two weeks before I moved and told me like yeah i just tried wrestling a couple months ago it was harder than i thought like i ended up breaking a rib like i don't i don't know i just want to put you on alert it's pretty difficult and i remember like hearing this call and halfway being insulted like okay i get it that it was tough for you but do you really think it's going to be that tough for me like do you do you really want to match our work ethics and not to be like i work harder than you but it's, everyone works at a different pace so it's like what's hard for you might not be hard for me and what's hard for me might not be hard for you. Like it just felt like a real weird place because it, more than him just trying to put me on alert, I took it as you can't do it. Like I took it all my life. Everyone was telling me that I couldn't do it. So to be sitting here right now, signed to impact wrestling, uh, 11 time champion across the independent scene, like, uh, and wrestling for most of the major top promotions and wrestling a lot of my idols growing up, you know, like, I wasn't supposed to be here, according right. to everybody else. So that was a part of the reason why I procrastinated for so long. But once I had that tragedy hit, it was just time to really go and, and make this a reality. And I wouldn't change anything that I sacrifice, sacrificed over the last couple of years, the time, the, the energy, my, my health, my hair, because I'm so serious about my hair for the last so long. But I, since I started wrestling, I've lost like 10, 15 dreads. All the stress. <laughs> pulled out and stressed and all that stuff. So, you know, like all the stuff I sacrificed, I wouldn't change for anything because I love, I love this business. I love my life. I love where I'm at, you know? And here's the thing, like you mentioned, you know, this thing that happened with your dad. And obviously, first of all, I want to start off by saying that I'm sorry about that. Um, but I've heard that people say that when your back is against the wall, whether it be like a financial thing or, or in your case, someone's lost someone important in your life, that that ends up being like a fuel for that person to just like go above and beyond. And it's funny because I was going to ask you later on, like you, compared to lots of other guys, your career has moved a lot faster. And I was curious curious as to what that why that reason was like why is that and hearing you talk about you know your inspiration it seems like that was part of the reason that you kind of just kept going and kept going yeah 100% it's 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 more than just um wrestling to me and it's more than just my career it's my life i've 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 been doing this for as a professional for three and a half years but 
I've been doing this for 24 years in my life, you know, uh, and I'm 24 at this point, you know, this has just always been who I am. When I was a kid, I was racing home from school to make YouTube content about this. When I was, uh, you know, later in my teenage years, it was, I was working on people's belts professionally, uh, doing modifications for people's replica belts. Like I was always in associated world. Yeah, exactly. I was always associated in this world. And when it comes to, the, the rate is just, I had to go tunnel vision. Like I stopped playing video games. I stopped doing a lot of other stuff. If it wasn't the gym or wrestling, I kind of stopped doing it. You know, like I stopped skateboarding early in life. I stopped watching a lot of movies. I stopped watching TV. I got rid of my TVs. I, I, I haven't had a TV in years, you know, like, because I just didn't want to do anything that wasn't wrestling. My days when I first moved to Vegas were consumed with especially because my uh, sleeping pattern was all messed up. It was, it was consumed of me um, waking up at probably, uh, let's say, 1 p.m., going to training at FSW from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., and then coming home from training, watching Raw from 8 to 11, and then from about maybe 1 to 3 or 4 a.m., be in the gym, and then from 5 to 7 a.m., be back at the house, just doing nothing like messing with my cat just hanging out like insomnia and then from like 9 a.m to 1 p.m sleeping and then doing it all again for just months and months and months and months and months but it was just like straight this and tunnel vision yeah that's incredible because you know like it's funny because you know you you really want something and you don't really realize everybody thinks oh i really want this this is what i really want but unless you start comparing these stories and you start seeing how people how people react to the things they want. That's what shows. And I think that we've definitely been seeing that in your work ethic and the reason why uh, your career was essentially fast-tracked at this point. So, you know, you did mention that a lot of people were telling you, oh, you can't do it. You're too small. You can't do it. You're too small. But was there ever anyone at the start of your career that basically gave you some advice that actually helped you and made you start seeing things differently, maybe rewired your brain a little bit? Honestly, um, I, uh, I, I, I have heard so many great things. Two, two people that come to mind specifically when I think of early advice I was given that um, really just helped my thinking process was the very first advice I was given, which the guy is the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, which would be, of course, Kane. Kane. Yeah, he was one of the first person I ever spoke to in this business. He, um, he was friend, we had a mutual friend in common from a guy who would come into the restaurant I worked at. And uh, I never knew the guy was a um, wrestling fan. He was a regular, came in almost every day. And I've been working there for two years. And one day he takes off his shirt or his jacket and he has a, I'm a Jim Cornette guy shirt on. So immediately <laughs> I'm like, you don't own that shirt unless you know something. Yeah, it's not even like a basic wrestling t-shirt either. Right, like if, it, if it's like Macho Man or Hogan, like, okay, whatever. Like, even Cena, okay, whatever, but you talk about Jim Cornette, like, all right, this is different. So I remember we spoke, we struck up a conversation about wrestling, and from there till I ended up moving, and even till now, we still communicate, and, uh, but I remember he was, t- he was telling me that he knew Kane, and one of my last days on the job, the restaurant was super empty, and I was just sweeping and mopping, and he's sitting there on the phone, and he, like, kind of gives me the Iggy, and shows me the caller ID, and I see, like, Glenn Jacobs, and I'm just like, Okay. You're like, this is happening. <laughs> hey, Glenn, can you, can you talk to my friend and give him some advice? And I was like, well, well, this is cool. 
And um, what he said to me was basically just the one of the one of the easiest things that I've ever heard that I've applied just to my daily life, and it's taught me a lot about basic respect and just um, not crossing over those those lines and and keeping kind of a neutral ground. But he was just saying to me to uh, you know give everyone the respect to listen, you know to advice and critiques and stuff but uh you don't have to take everything you don't have to please everyone you just apply to you what applies to you and it's a very simple concept but for hearing it from the first time just being like okay and then getting in the wrestling and understanding how the business works and how it you know with your vets and with everything the way everything was working and then the people who would come along and give me advice and thinking you know it never it never put me in a position to look at someone and think why are they telling me this? Like, who is this person to tell me this? It always kept me, no matter who you were, no matter who you are. I even ask, you know, fans sometimes what they think of stuff, uh, per, like personally about what I do, because everybody's opinion on what they're seeing matters. Everyone likes something for different reasons. So may I may think it's the coolest thing, but this person may not because of this reason. And I would never know unless I ask that person, but they're a viewer. So at the end of the day, they're watching for a reason, so their opinion should count. So things like that just help my thinking and keep me from ever looking at someone as if I was better than them or anything like that. And then, uh, so that's like the first thing that I always tell people and that I always remember. And I remember even meeting him for the first time about a year later when I did WWE Extra Work for the first time. And I remember like approaching him and telling him who I was and we were like, we had a really good, like, cool conversation. And then later, he's coming down the hall. And he, like, takes a selfie with me to send to our mutual friend. And I remember after the selfie, like, he goes to walk away. And I just think to myself, Kane just took a selfie with yeah. me. Yeah. Like, I remember being, I think I was four or five. I went to the beach with my mom and dad. And I remember I had a backpack that was shaped like Kane, you know. The whole, no. And I was just Did you tell him about life. that? Or you kept I, it to yourself? I did. I did. I covered it to myself. One day, if my mom ever finds pictures, I will put the side-by-sides up on Twitter. But and yeah, it's funny because he didn't have to do that. I mean, I'm sure he's been asked for advice a million times and just thinks, yeah, yeah, kid, you're never going to pursue it, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I think for, and for that reason alone, like, all of that tied into what he said changed my whole perspective because, like you said, he didn't have to say that. And here's a guy who's been WWE champion, you know, world heavyweight champion, WrestleManias, everything. And now a mayor, you know, here's this guy who's just talking to some kid, some 20-year-old kid on the phone. You know, right. like, so just the way he treated me helped me treat others better, you know. So that was like the first advice that really like stuck with me. And then other than that, uh, Cross. Cross is Killer Cross. a real, real help in my uh thinking process and in my career he's a very smart man so even from our stature size differences he was able to teach me a lot that was going to help me develop character and help me develop branding and figure out about marketing and how to present myself to be able to take and be taken any way I wanted to and uh it took me a while to get that because the first character I tried to pursue but once I started understanding the concept more and I came up with the creation of finesse that's when I really started to figure out how to make my size work to my advantage in all situations. And working with people like Kevin early on helped me learn how to work as a little person in a big man's world. Because at the end of the day, I always want to be world champion. I always want to be the top guy in any company I'm at. So 
I know I'm going to have to face people of all statures to do that. So early on, wrestling with him instead of just wrestling someone my size all the time helped me learn how to perform against a larger opponent and not just stay in this division of the smaller bubble and make wrestling work for just my size with guys my size. Instead, I made it work for a guy my size in the entire landscape of professional wrestling. And for it, I've been able to have great matches with, you know, Brody King, uh, Hammerstone, Cross. All big guys. All big guys. Luchasaurus, you know, like, the list goes on and on. And I just, I'm very fortunate for that advice. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that you mentioned is marketing and branding yourself as a, as a wrestler and, you know, the, what, and your specific brand, not just as a wrestler, but your brand within that. And it's interesting because that's one of the things that I feel is lacking for a lot of the guys that are starting out in this business. I think to myself, cause I come from a different standpoint where I think like, why isn't this person marketing themselves? Like it's so important. And I don't think a lot of people really realize that. So when I heard you say that, I was like, yes, because I think it needs to be a bigger conversation, but because it's so new, uh, branding and social media and all of that stuff, it's not necessarily being maybe taught, but I yeah. think it should be. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. So now let's go ahead and jump into the fact that you you recently got signed by Impact Wrestling, and that was huge, okay? And tell us a little bit about what led to actually making the decision to say yes and signing with Impact. Um. So... We, we talk about uh, personal goals and dreams in this business. Everybody, and this is something I had to learn when I got into wrestling and learned to love and accept as well, because once again, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up in the world of wrestling other than my online friends. So a lot of times, you know, how you can have a favorite wrestler and I can have a favorite wrestler and I can hate your favorite wrestler and you can hate my favorite wrestler, but the greatest part about it is we both love wrestling and we both have our opinions, you know. It was it was kind of hard and weird for me to accept that at first because I wasn't used to other people like having other opinions about wrestling because it's usually just myself hearing myself think about it. You know? So I was just like, that part was kind of weird, of course, but through the process of, of thinking like that and doing things that way, I just, I started to realize that it's all about your own goals. You know, like my be all end all when I first got into wrestling was WWE. And then after the first time I saw WWE uh, for myself backstage from uh, that environment, I was like, this is a crazy machine. This place is amazing. Like this place has everything, but I don't know if I could work here. And it was like one of those realizations where for the first time I saw that there's more outside of there because I had never really heard of the independence. I knew what ring of honor was. I knew of course of impact because I watched impact, but and I knew like a Lucha Underground, but other than that, WWE was all I knew. So when I got in and I saw Championship Wrestling in Arizona and then Championship Wrestling in Hollywood and then all these independents all across the world, I was like, oh, wow, there's this much wrestling out here? Like, I didn't And there's money before. to be made now that way. There's money to be made now that way. So that was another reason at first why people keep that bubble of WWE like as the top thing. But then I realized that money wasn't going to be my happiness. You know, of course, we all need financial stability. But at, a, at my age and at my time, I need to chase happiness and goals. That's how I feel and make money. So but I also have to be able to have a lot of um, freedom and a lot of creative room to stretch right now because I've been doing this for a short amount of time. So at the same time, I have a lot of room to grow and develop impact 
specifically from starting with them i i remember 10 11 years ago being on youtube unboxing the impact world championship replica belt and talking about impact in my videos so when i first started working with impact it was one of those things where it was just like oh this is sweet like i used to talk about this and then then i see the comments on certain youtube videos it'll be like you know this guy used to make videos and now he's like doing this stuff and i'll see it on everybody's videos any company and all this stuff and then um I started doing more and more work with Impact. And then we fast forward or we rewind to last year, April, when the episode aired on uh, Explosion on the Impact Plus app, me and uh, Luchasaurus. And I loved that match. I had a lot of fun with that match. And then we fast forward to the summertime. By this time, I started to put on some more muscle. And we did the uh, Unbreakable in California. And I did two shows with Impact that weekend. And then Fast forward the next month, Impact comes to Vegas, and I wrestle uh, Jake Chris for the X Division title, and then I wrestle Daga, and then the next week, or, or I believe it was the next week, uh, I'm wrestling on Ring of Honor, and then the week after that, I'm on 205 Live. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, everything was getting checked off the goal list, and then 205 Live happened, and it was like, everything everyone just said I would never do, we just did it. Like, it was the greatest relief ever, but then it was like, okay, what's next? I'm always very focused on what's next because if I just think about the cool things I did in the past, I'll just be remembered for what was in the past and forgotten sooner than I'm, you know, for longer than people are thinking about. I need to exactly. always know about the next goal. So for me, every year I set these goals, I set these goals, I set the goals. The goals of 2019 was to get signed. That was the simple goal. I was walking around 2018 calling it 20 Bay Team, 20 Bay Team, 20 Bay Team. Scorpio Sky one day at the end of the year goes, well, 20 Bay Team's almost over. What are you going to do next year? <laughs> I said, ah, shit, I don't know, get signed, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. And Scorpio Sky is one of those guys that's been in the industry for a really long time, and, you know, it took him a while to get his moment as well. So, like, he knows what he's talking about. He really does, and, and I'm so glad that me and him have been able to not only build a relationship, but share on-screen time together and matches. You know, I've, I've had, I remember the first match where I really felt like I was starting to get it and learn and have fun was the match I had with him, the last match of 2017, which once again, at that point was a year into my career. So like, there was a lot of stuff that like a lot of great people I was able to work with early to help my development. But um, back to the decision with Impact, it was just with all these things that were going on, I had to now sit down and go, okay, well, where do I want to go? And then there was this AEW here in Rising. And then I was just messing around and I did the thing with Cody where I tweeted him out uh, the old picture that I took with him the summer before and then he responds to it and then it was like okay that's this is wild and once again you know did you expect away. that did you see that coming not at all but I would be also lying if I said I, I that wasn't the plan you know like anything I put out there into the universe that's the plan so when I put the picture up with him I expected him to see it I didn't expect a response and I didn't expect the things that came after that because I, I didn't expect him to then later that night while I'm in the gym follow me on Twitter and then like every now and then go back and forth with me on Twitter but while all that was happening to the public guy and they're seeing me talk with Cody I never talked with anybody at AEW about so you never time. had any actual formal formal conversations about possibly being added to the roster nope but while all that was happening on Twitter me and Impact were having the conversation. They were already See, talking about how they wanted to bring me on. So now we're discussing, you know? 
And that was interesting because obviously when you got signed with Impact, you saw the press for that. But then that same day, Cody mentioned on a phone call that you were one of the guys that he was interested in. And so it kind of seems like there was a big disconnection and you would think, okay, if this is the guy who he wants, like, is there formal conversations happening? Uh, so it seems, how did you feel? Like you have, you're celebrating one thing and then you're seeing another thing. Like, what was your reaction to that? Um, it was bittersweet. And then as always, when things like that happen, you almost want to second guess your decision, but I've learned in, to always just follow and trust my gut. So I remember that morning of, I, I'd signed the deal with Impact, if we're being honest. I had signed it two months before this. So two months before the announcement, that announcement, I was already signed. So the whole time while there was still like that signed Chris Bay hashtag and stuff, I was already signed. I was just riding the wave of what. Hey, free press, free press, yeah, free promotion. Press. And that's what it was. So I remember waking up and as soon as I wake up, like I see like a couple of people tweeting about Cody talking about me. So like, I remember checking my phone and then like seeing a lot of posts about it because it had happened maybe 30 minutes before I woke up. So, That's the worst when you're asleep and you wake up to news, especially news about you. <laughs> right. Like, what if he would have tried to call me on a live call, you know, like stuff like yeah. that. Like, what if I was asleep for this? You know, like, so <laughs> I remember I see that. And then um, shortly after I see it, I find the clip and I listen to it myself. And I was just like, I remember thinking like, maybe if this conversation would have happened. And then he, he DM me and asked me uh, to text him. So I shot him a text message. And then he asked me if I had signed anywhere. And I told him I did. And he just congratulated me and uh, told me we'd, we'd see each other down the line, which that's how it goes. And at, right after that, uh, I told him that. And then maybe a couple hours later, the news dropped or whatever. And I was just like, oh, on today too. Today's happened to be where the day actually like the news drops. And so the internet took it and spun their narrative on it about you know, me signing with Impact right under AEW's nose and all sort of stuff. But when the reality was, Impact talked talk to me first. They gave me all the opportunities throughout the last year and a half. And I have to bring my story full circle. I, I, I love the Impact roster. I think Impact needs more people to, to see our program. And I think I can help that right now because there's a lot of people who want to see me. And the only way for me to, them to see me right now is Tuesday nights on Access. I had a scenario that fit the perfect uh, mold of this story because I was at an autograph uh, merch signing and um, maybe two weeks after this uh, announcement I signed and I remember someone asking me, why'd you sign with Impact? I watch AEW and WWE. Now I have to like go watch Impact. And I was like, that's exactly why. I was like, there because you go. I would have went to either of those other companies. I added zero viewership. You're already watching their program. I was like, now you got to come over here add viewership to our program to see me. And that's that's what it was for me. It was a mixture of that. It was the way I'm treated at Impact and the relationship I have with everyone. And it's the story that has never been told before. You tell me when you've seen a kid from YouTube with the world title on his shoulder replica belt at age 13, standing side by side with the kid holding the real world title. That's the story I'm looking right now to build because it hasn't been done. And once again, this whole thing about the whole story was creating our own goals. And my goal went from WWE to, okay, I'm going to wrestle for Ring of Honor Impact and WWE in the same month. Okay, I'm going to bring this story from 12-year-old me to, to current modern day, 24, 25, whatever age I'm at when this accomplishes, 
age me and bring that full story. I'm going to help bring these viewership over here. I'm, all these things I need to do now are like where my goals lie now. And if I would have went to AEW right now, I don't think I would be wrestling as much on the indies. Uh, you know, of course we got COVID right now, so nothing's happening. Right, right. I need to still be able to wrestle as much as possible right now while also having TV exposure because I still want to learn. I still want to become one of the best in the ring. I still want to wrestle all the best and have the freedom to wrestle all the best. Think of all the people who are just released from WWE who I could now have matchups with outside of that bubble, you know, and, and pick up knowledge from and take to my next scenario or situation or performance. You know, that's, that's what I look for. Those are my goals. Right. And it's funny because, you know, every time uh, I'm listening to people that they get signed here or they get signed there, obviously we all analyze, I analyze, et cetera. And here's the thing though, is that I think that a lot of people in your shoes would have been like, oh yeah, like AEW may be like the prettier option, the more popular option, because this is what uh, they have all the hype right now. But you have to look at it a different way, I think. And I actually thought that the route you decided to go was the best way because you have to see what's happening right now. For example, with WWE, like there's still a lot of talent that hasn't had their moment yet. They're still waiting for their moment to be had. Same with AEW, they still have a lot of talent that hasn't had a t proper TV time. You haven't had any of that. And at Impact, you're going out there and you're like, dude, I'm doing it. Like, this is what I'm doing. And I mean, look at people like AJ Styles, who basically had Impact, carried Impact on his back and did all of these amazing things. And look at him now making like millions of dollars with WWE. And so I see it more as like, yeah, WWE was your dream. It can still be your dream or whatever. It can still be something you can do down the line. But hey, why not go into a company like that with a bigger name? Somebody that's more well-known. 100%, 100%. So, like, that's that's why I thought, like, no, like, Chris Bay made the right decision here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a sentimental name, too. I don't want to lose the name right now. I don't I don't know how well the name would be able to stay with WWE right now. And I, I forgot to mention earlier, but my last name, Bay, is my dad's last name. It's a real last name. So, for me, that right now, spreading that and the merch behind that, and that that's where the goals are at right now. It means something to you. Yes, it has to be built. So it has to be built to a degree that when the time comes that I do go over there or should need to go anywhere in the world, I can go there as that. So now, obviously, you started off with Impact. You were doing their tapings, but you were essentially just an extra. And now you're actually signed talent. What is the difference for you, like, going in? Go, what was the difference, like, when you went in as an extra? Like, oh, I hope I get a match. And then now you're like, I'm part of the show. I'm the show. Like, let's get it all. What's the difference for you? I think, um, I think the biggest difference that I've realized for me is just that um, I can finally – let down that slight guard of not getting too comfortable, you know, because it wasn't my locker room. As much as I had relationships with all the guys and, um, you know, respect from the guys and some of the uh, veterans, I, it wasn't my locker room. I, I was a part of them and I was fortunate to be there for those scenarios, but I wasn't on the team. But now that I'm on the team, I'm a team player and I feel like I'm a strong team player and I'm an asset to our team as we all are, as we all should feel. Now I, I can take those cuffs off and I can get more comfortable. Now I'm not so worried about, uh, you know, I don't, I don't come into scenarios thinking, Oh man, like I hope I get this match. And if I do have this match, like, 
I hope I'm able to do this much or, you know, like whatever the, the situation is. Now it's, it's my match. It's my stories. The stories are built behind me and it's up to me to convey these things. And it's just cool to be a part of the team in that aspect and to be in the storyline instead of just uh, a filler position to it. Now to be actually the storyline and be in the storyline because that's all I've been looking for for a long time. I've, I've, done a cool amount of wrestling and I want to do more wrestling, but I'm ready to show people my character work. I'm ready to cut these promos. I'm ready to have that type of energy and be presented as a character instead of just a wrestler. So now that I have storylines and I'm a part of these things and I'm on the team, I can be that team player that I wanted to be from the jump and that I did from the outside position. Because even in that outside position, when I was coming in for the one-offs, I still treated it like I was a team player. I just didn't, you know, I was just a sub at the point. At that point, I was just a sub. And I, you know, I could cheer for the team and I could wait for my spot to come in and hopefully, you know what I'm saying, come in and do a little something to show people that I, I can, I understand how to play. But now, you know, we are the team together and I have a spot guaranteed and I'm a part of everything going forward. Like now when I see the cold open for the Rebellion show and I see clips of me in there and stuff like that, I'm like, Hell yeah. Like, this is exactly what we work for right here. And it, it, it's something that I want to surprise me, but it doesn't surprise me because it's what I'm working for, you know? So I'm just like, okay, cool. We're making progress. We're making progress. We're making progress. That's how I look at it. Exactly. And now speaking of rebellion, uh, I have to ask you, Sammy Callahan on Sports Illustrated basically said that Impact went above and beyond. Um, what was your experience like? What measures did Impact take that you felt were good? And how did you feel doing the tapings in Nashville, given right now the situation? I thought, I thought we did a really good job um, with making sure that we – exercised everything that's being recommended with practice for social distancing to the best of our abilities with the situation that we had at hand. I think um, as talent, we were all taken care of and we were all accommodated for. I think our sanitation, as far as our location went, was very well upkept. We had people in between each match who were dedicated to cleaning down everything and making sure everything was sanitized and we gave everything a proper uh, time to rest for, and we didn't have too many people in the building at too many times. We had everything set up to where there were these hour blocks where X amount of people were gonna come in and then there's this hour block where X amount of people are gonna come in, but there was never too many scenarios where we all had to be jumped up and two and you know that, that never really existed so I think they did a really good job protecting us and making sure that we were able to do what we love to do provide a quality show for people that I think people are enjoying yesterday I saw a lot of tweets about it I know I'm excited for my episode to air next week of the Chris Bay show aka Impact Wrestling and um I think I think that we did a killer job like honestly I going into it it was kind of it's one of those things where once you say yes to that you're now just trying to understand what you you said yes to because you're not actually there living it but after living it and being here to tell you the story uh we were very well taken care of and made sure that we were all accommodated for and none of us felt uncomfortable if we did feel uncomfortable about it arrangements were made every everyone came out of it happy and i think that that will show with the program that will be aired and with everyone what everyone's going to see in the next coming weeks, people should be very happy with it and very thrilled with it. And we were able to do what we do. So I'm just grateful for that because without that time to do those tapings, this has been the longest 
away from wrestling I've had since I started wrestling, like I said earlier. So it's very unusual to me right now. So that, that was just fun to get back in the ring. And then to do it for, for no audience was amazing because for me, like, I have wrestled in front of no audience all the time, whether it was just, you know, two, three people in the crowd or all the practice matches I had in order for me to get that match two months into my career early on, it was because I did practice matches as much as I could at the training facility to get ready, to get ready, to get ready. And I had all that stuff filmed and I would watch this stuff back and I would try to pop myself. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, in that scenario so many times. And I always thought about television wrestling to the point where when it was now this scenario, I was like, Oh sweet. I just got to perform for the cameras. I do this all the time. This is how I always like think anyway. So, and, once again, testing our creativity. So once this stuff airs with me, I think we'll be able to further elaborate on creativity and we'll be able to see what type of a job I did with that environment. But I think it was something that I was able to thrive in and I was stoked to do it. I can't wait to hear a crowd again and feel that energy of a crowd again. And all the bumps suck 10 times throughout the crowd. But I think I did a killer job. And I think our whole team did a killer job. But I just got rub that off my shoulders for a second. <laughs> yeah you have to so we'll be seeing you rebellion part two in a four way so that's going to be really exciting so now one of the things i do want to ask you before we jump into the lightning round portion i do want to ask you who are some of the guys that you want to work with on impact oh man this i i could say everybody on the roster but i don't think i have time even though i have time because we don't have a crazy long roster yeah. to your advantage what we we're saying earlier everybody gets to be on the show there's not anybody who's sitting in the back who hasn't had TV time. Um, but when I think about people I want to have dream matches with and matchups with that I haven't had matchups with, TJP and I have never worked one-on-one. Um, oh, man, and he's, I think that's going to be a really good in-ring chemistry there. I just think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And um, honestly, I've trained with him outside of things on screen because we both live in Las Vegas. We both, you know, frequent future stars of wrestling. So – We've trained together before, and I've seen how smooth he is. I felt how smooth he is. I think me being in the ring with him would be something that would be completely unique, completely fresh. And for me in those aspects, I would learn so much. He's one of the best in the world to me. And uh, so he's always who I say number one. Desmond Xavier and I have never gone one-on-one, and I think that would be a crazy matchup for anybody to see. Same with Zach. Uh, Trey and I have, have gone one-on-one, and we've had matches outside of Impact that people haven't seen. And I think bringing that to our screen, I think a dream match for me would be something like Chris Bay versus Rob Van Dam, which Ooh, like yeah. is crazy in itself because one of the first wrestling toys I ever had was RVD toy, you know? And I'm sure you did the RVD. <laughs> All the time. It, it yeah. fits right in with me too, you know what I'm saying? CB3. I'm trying to there tell you. There you go. got all the titles over here. But I, who doesn't want to wrestle Rob Van Dam? You know, I I, uh, I want to go one-on-one with Rohit also. Rohit is actually really talented and, and super cool. I, li- I like wrestling with him. We'll get a glimpse of that at Rebellion, a glimpse. We get a glimpse of that at Rebellion. We got a glimpse of it at um, the uh, eight-man scramble we did on Impact a couple weeks back. There's been those little hints in there. But I think that match would be money as well. I think we've never seen Chris Bay and Sammy Callahan. That has never happened. We've never been in the same ring at the same time. So I think that's something waiting to be seen. I think Chris Bay versus Rich Swan when he's ready to step back in the ring, one-on-one would be fire. Chris Bay and Willie Mack has happened so many times on the independent scene, but now let's put that on TV. Let's put 
He's can't get enough of that. Can't get enough of it. And he just won the exhibition title. So clearly he has what I want because I've been telling the world that this will be the finesse division real shortly. And he can hold that for me. He's right here in Vegas. He can hold that for me. And I can go pull up one hand and take that when I'm ready on some 24-7 championship rules, some hardcore championship rules. I'm going to go get that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just – but like I said, I, I could name everybody. Me and Tessa yeah. just had a one-on-one -on -one match a couple weeks ago. And it's, uh, fire. Like, I, I thought – I have been saying for years that she's one of the best in the world. So I could – Josh Alexander. You know, like me and him, masterpiece. He's so. I could go on forever. Clearly, I'm naming the whole roster. <laughs> You're like, just pull up go impactwrestling.com, pull up the roster. We gotta go from there. <laughs> because, like I said, I love the roster. And yes. We're so uh, under under uh, appreciated. So, if anyone can help, and for me, I feel like a way I can help, and it's a very small way I can help is me being out there and being a part of the mix with these people because now the, the viewers that I bring in and the people who watch wrestling who are just fans of Chris Bay, the casual fans of Chris Bay, not wrestling, can come in and see these talented performers that I'm working with and see that we have, you know, stars everywhere across the board. It's not just myself. It's everybody. Right. And that's one of the things, you know, as an Impact fan, I've been for years, um, they're going to their shows. We're always quality shows, like top to bottom. You know, there was going to be like several matches at, at the end of the night. You're like, oh, oh, I like this match. You know, you're recapping the best matches of the night. And I know that I always had several while attending Impact shows. So now, first of all, I love this like interview because you're so real, so insightful. So like awesome job. Like I almost feel like we could easily do like a part two, part three, part four <laughs> series and kind of keep going from there. But we're we're going to switch over now to our lightning round game. And this is basically how I close out my interviews where I ask you 10 questions about yourself. You answer as fast as you possibly can. And it's like really fun. Okay. All right, here we go. It is now time for a lightning round with Chris Bay. Here we go. Question number one, what has been your most favorite career moment? Um, winning the FSW heavyweight championship and John Morrison helping me do it. Yes. Question, question number two. Describe your first match ever in one word. Me. I'll never. Oh, in one word. I'm sorry. It can be. No, you can do multiple words. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, okay. 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 Look, me. I'll never take pile drivers ever as long as I wrestle. First match, I lose to a pile driver. <laughs> there you go. You can't plan it. Uh, question number three. Who are some of your favorite music artists? Post Malone, Drake. And right now, Don Tolliver. Nice. Question number four. What is your favorite city to wrestle in? L.A. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Question, <laughs> question number five. What was the craziest spot you recall doing at Suburban Fight? Oh, man. This is... It was, it was most likely taking the shooter from Alex Zane off the stage through that door. Because the door was already, like, cracked in half. So I was like kind of oh. planking on the door so it was just like I hit my head on the concrete bottom line yeah. <laughs> question number six what's the best way to spend a day off eating ice cream pizza chips <laughs> question number seven while traveling to pass time what's the best form of entertainment for yourself <laughs> this would be uh either wrestling road store 
challenges or lightning round theme song challenges. Oh, nice, nice. Question number eight, what's your all-time favorite movie? Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original. Oh my God, yes, yes, thank you, yes. I hate all you conspiracy theory, people who try to just make the movie so evil and think, uh, stop that, okay? This Are you mad Gene at Grandpa Wilder. Joe too? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, this is, this is Gene Wilder. Play. Yes. Um, question number nine, roller coasters, yes or no? Yes! <laughs> and last question, question number 10, pizza, chicken strips, or hamburgers? Pizza. Awesome. Chris Bay, thank you so much for this interview. It was tons of fun. And I honestly cannot wait to see what you're going to do at Impact Wrestling. And I cannot wait to watch your stuff, honestly. And I can't wait till we're at a show again <laughs> together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Seems like throughout away. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. I've been waiting and hoping that I got a chance to sit down with you and do one of these one day. Yes. So, and it's again. funny because I was going to ask you at the shows, but I have to tell you, like, I'm really shy. So I don't really go up to people. Like, I keep to myself. So, like, uh, I was like, is? huh? Is that what it is? You're shy? No, for reals. I am okay. shy. Like, I don't go up to people or talk. But then I was like, dude, like, Chris Bay is, like, one of the coolest people that I have met in wrestling. Like, I think you're one of the few people that went out of your way to come and talk to me. And I was like, oh, I have a friend now. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I appreciate it. You've always been cool. I always liked your energy. So thank you. I just, I just returned that energy back. Thank so. you. And before we go, let the people know where they can find you on okay, social media and stuff. So people of the world you can find me chris b-e-y at fashion chris bay on twitter and instagram that's chris bay that's b-e-y not b-e i know that's what you wanted to be find me on there i just created a pro wrestling tees account so i should have some stuff up there in the next couple days it'll just be under chris bay uh you can find all the music on all platforms spotify Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, whatever you have, it's on there. Under Chris Bay, B-E-Y, not B-A-E. And on YouTube at Chris Bay as well. You can go all the way back to my videos from 2008 and troll yourselves to sleep at night if that's what you want to do. But I'm everywhere that you are at and places you aren't as well. The places you are, I'm not at. And then, and, and then, and, 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 and B-E-Y. <laughs> So that's where I'm at. Well said. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Chris, thank you so much for doing this interview. If you liked it, if you enjoy it, let us know. Drop a comment in the comment section. Give this video a like and subscribe to the channel for more awesome interviews like this one. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye. It was a like. <laughs> I like it. The like. <laughs> <laughs> it's the like there.